Hey y'all, do you ever feel stuck? Do you ever find yourself staring in the mirror and thinking, who am I and what am I doing here? Are you restless? Do you feel pulled towards something but you don't have a clue what that something is? Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, your host. Here is a true story, y'all. A few years ago, before I turned the big 4-0, I found myself in a sinkhole of existential despair with the recurring thought of, why am I not happy? Being a medical provider, I wondered if this was depression or maybe a hormonal imbalance. I kept telling my husband I felt pulled towards something, but I couldn't articulate what that was. I finally surrendered to the pull and started listening to my inner voice and taking baby steps one at a time. I set forth on a journey to find not only meaning and purpose in my life, but also joy and enthusiasm. I didn't want to just slog through my days. I wanted to live the best possible life I could. I'm still on that path and I do not have it figured out yet, but I'll share what's worked and what hasn't, as well as interview others who are farther along on the path than me. Let's get started, because life is too short not to. All right, welcome Amy Whipple. Hi, how are you doing today, Hope? Great, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks so, so y'all. I am so excited to have my friend, Amy. Amy has been really key in helping me strategize everything in my life. <laughs> She's a, I call her my key strategist. Um, but Amy, tell us what, what it is you do in your real life. Okay. So in my real life now, um, I work for Lion Leadership and what I do is I'm a new business and process consultant. So basically if you are starting a new business, I love to come in and help you get the framework and get your head wrapped around that. Or if you have a company and you have some disorganization, I will come in and write processes and train and really help you organize in an existing company. And so you're not giving yourself enough credit. Amy's brain works in a way different than most people I know. She is good at just taking all the pieces and just sort of putting them in the right places and helping you see the big picture, but also um, knowing like which steps to take next. And she's like a huge motivator. And so when I first met Amy, she had just moved to town. Y'all had just moved here from Utah, right? We did. Yep. Eight years, eight years ago. (laughs) Wow. So Amy was new to the South and I had her over and cooked some barbecue and pimento cheese and I served it on top of sweet potatoes (laughs) and got to know her. And then later Amy and I were in a, what we called a mastermind group together that we sort of formed. And that's where I really got to know Amy and her skills of strategizing So at that time, Amy, you were not working for Lion Leadership. Tell us what you were doing back then a a few years ago. Woo. Okay. So if I go back, um, let's see. So my, my background, and I don't, I'm originally, my background is in teaching. And so I used my teaching degree for um, three years. And then I got into manufacturing and supplies chain and new product launches. And so that's where I really spent the majority of my time in Utah. Um, And then when we moved to 
Salt, or when we moved to Georgia here, um, I said, I'm going to start my own company. And so I started a small medical kit company. Um, and then I also had young kids at home. So at the time I had um, a nine month old. And then shortly after that, I had another little guy. So I was doing the mom thing. And then I had a small medical kit company on the side. And y'all, she's not telling everything. <laughs> Amy, what kind of medical kit company? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> originally, um, well, I had, a, I had a different idea. I wanted to create water breakers for a, a pants, pants, uh, depend like diapers for women to wear from home to hospital if their water breaks. And then um, at the time, a lot of people were having vasectomies and they were saying, well, I have to get the compression shorts and I have to buy the peas. And I said, well, what if I design that? So I designed a pair of compression shorts. I had them manufactured overseas. And then I would put the doctor's logo on the pants and sell them to urologists in the area. Um, so that was the start of my entrepreneur journey of I'm going to take a leap and start a company. Wait, um, and however, and you had kids at the things. time, right? I did. Yeah. I had Josie who was two and then Curtis was just born pretty much. So. And so you're making it sound like, so I just got some um, people overseas to make these things and I got a patent. And I mean, that is it like blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like I went to Target and I bought some <laughs> school supplies. <laughs> there's a lot of mistakes that were made and it definitely, I wasn't in it for the right reasons. Um, and I didn't have the right, it, it wasn't my time. And so that was just part of the journey of what got me to um, now doing what I love, which is I'm, I'm, I'm living out my 10. So my strengths are what I'm doing now. And it, but it was a journey to find that. So, <laughs> and so you said you weren't doing it for the right reasons. What were the reasons? So I think honestly, at the time I was really just trying to pursue success. So I think I would say, um, I'm just going to have this company. I'm going to have this big manufacturing. I'm going to be all over the U S like I really, I think I was focused on just the growth and not necessarily the process. And I think, um, Laura Whitaker, um, founder of ESP, she says it very well that behind your vision, there has to be compassion. And I think for me, I didn't have, I was totally missing that compassion piece behind it. Um, so now seeing that and reflecting on that and listening to those people who uh, were close to me, I feel like my husband, he was telling me right from the start, Ames, I don't think this is right for you. I know, but I don't know if I was ready at the time. I had to, I had to go through the journey myself. So, yeah. So you were, you were not passionate about underwear for men who'd had prostate <laughs> surgeries. And vasectomies. No, but what, what it taught me is that I, I'm really good at the intro, the creative, the launch stage, the phase to, because for me to be able to use my creativity and design it, to make it, to figure out how big the box should be, the price, all the specs that was, I was working in my 10 right there. And that was my strength. But then when it came to everything was done and I had to deliver and stock and make it, it just pained me. So I think that really taught me what part I was really, really good in. So I love that. And what do you mean by your 10? Is that like your zone of genius? 
Yeah. So I think, I think it's really important and I don't know if a lot of people do this, but there's so many good tests out there to identify your strengths. And I think one of my favorites is the high five test. So if you go to highfive.com, it's free. I tell a lot of people to take it when they're struggling. Um, it identifies just five key strengths of yours. And if I, um, if I look at mine, um, my number one strength is I'm a brainstormer. Yes. Fill a math, which is I love to be learning new things. And I love to take on something in the beginning and early stage. Um, I'm a problem solver. I'm an optimist. I'm a believer. So I think knowing that those are some of my key strengths. Um, another great one is the Berkman, which Lion Leadership does. And we um, do a deep dive assessment over it. But it really allows you to see um, what's important, how people view you. Um, so I guess just knowing my strengths now, knowing I'm a doer, knowing that um, I'm a problem solver, I'm a brainstormer. So if I can be doing things that are in my 10 space, in my strength, then I'm, I, I feel I'm doing the right thing. Like I yeah. know I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my right spot. You feel alive and energized and. I do. Yes. <laughs> and then if you're not like when you were just doing the distribution of the, um, underwear or the packaging or the, all that stuff, that was when you felt more stagnant. Yeah. I think it just, I feel like it was one of those things that it was just like, Oh, it was so hard to get me to do it. And so I think now being more aware, um, seeing when I'm my best self and that's what kind of the Berkman identifies is it's like, it'll tell you, this is what you need to be your best self. And also when you're not in your best self, kind of your triggers and your responses that you have. So I think being able to understand that has really helped me bring clarity um, because I think for a while I used to just say, I want to help business owners. I want to be a thought leader. I want to show up in the room and help people brainstorm. And I think that just sounds so crazy, but seeing how I'm able to work and looking at my strengths, it makes a lot of sense to me now. No, I think it totally does. And I heard an interview with a lady the other day and she said um, she was trying to figure out what she was good at doing. And she started it out, started out by saying, um, oh, I just have all these ideas and I just, I mean, I brainstorm, but I'm like a squirrel. I probably have ADD. And, um, but the person doing the interview said, wait a minute, you know, after talking to her a little while, she said, I think these are actually your strengths. You're good at coming up with a ton of ideas and not everybody is good at that. Not everybody can see the big picture and like throw in, you know, tons of ideas and then help you sort through them. And that's mm -hmm. where your strength lies. You're good at startups, you know, come in, throw yeah. out a bunch of strategies and yes. And another, another great one too, is, um, standout. Um, that's a free test too. You can go and it basically tells you where you stand out, but right in mind, it says, basically, if you're launching into a new territory, you'll be really good for the upfront launch to figure everything out. But once it's launched, you'll be bored. And I'm like, wow, that describes me to a T like, yeah, give me all the challenges, give me all the problems. But once everything is organized, that's where I start to check out. And so what helps me now is I realize that about myself. And so I'm able to go into these companies, clean the processes up, design the framework that I need, do the training, and then they have the process, but I'm able to go into the next company and do that same exact work and not get bored with the repetition because I know that about myself. 
Oh yeah, that's so good. When you um, ended up stopping the the other business that you were doing, did you have a hard time letting it go? Did you feel like, oh, I don't want to, you know, tell my husband he's right, or I don't, I feel like a failure? Did you have any thoughts like that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think I held on to it for a year or two longer than I should have, and um, it was one of those things that. I think when you are doing something, you do become afraid of change. But if you want to really find where you want to shine and what you want to do, um, you have to be able to let go of some of those things and really focus. Because I think for me, I just, I didn't have a focus. I was, you know, I was teaching some classes over here. I was trying to do this. I was trying to mom. I was trying... I was always meeting with new entrepreneurs and I really, really just didn't have that clear focus. So I think, yes, when I said I'm giving it up, I'm take, I think that that was really hard. Um, but I also think it's one of those things that's needed in order to find that clarity too. Um, yeah. And take that risk. Finally, sorry, go ahead. I said, I think and take that risk. So I don't know. I mean, I, I do, I do really remember I was so frustrated because clearly I wasn't working in my full strength. So that's where my trigger were coming from. I wasn't fulfilled. And I just remember one day at church, I just, I felt so frustrated and I was like, okay, I've been doing Amy's plan. I haven't been doing the Lord's plan. And I just, I, I feel like I cried. I walked out and I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm starting, I'm giving all this up. I'm going to, sell the kit company. I'm going to say, here I am, use me, Lord. And I think when I finally took that step, um, it, it was amazing. Um, but also it was really scary at the same time too. So <laughs> because you didn't have, a, you didn't have another job lined up, right? You didn't have like a, an income that you knew you were going to be getting. No, the only thing I knew is for so many years, I had almost been training in my strength because I had usually every week I'm having lunch with a different entrepreneur. I was studying a lot of coaching books, a lot of culture books, a lot of process books. So I was doing a lot of the homework um, that I needed to at the time for my next step. But I think what really helped it is um, for every business, I always say you need talent, you need mentorship and you need partnership. And so I knew my talent was there and I was partnering with a lot of businesses and I had just listened and helped a lot of companies get started. And I was already kind of side gigging this area, um, but I didn't have the mentorship. And so I really had to stop and say, who's doing what I love? Who can I come alongside? And honestly, around the same time, um, Natasha Ganim, a founder of Lion Leadership, she knew where I was at and kind of at this turning point. And I had been helping her brainstorm as I had been doing a lot of other companies here in Athens. And then that's where um, that mentorship came in. And she was like, let's get you up online leadership. Let's do some strength finders. Let's do some coaching. And I think having that mentor, she really values her self-worth. She isn't afraid to go out there. Um, she's speaking at things. She's basically doing all the things that I at the time wanted to be doing. And so I think really having that mentor for me was, was, was key in making that transition as well. So, 
Yeah. Oh, y'all, I want y'all to really pay attention to what Amy just said. She looked for somebody who was doing something similar to what she wanted to be doing. And Amy also offered her services for free to a lot of people in town. And she just did this because she's so interested in that sort of thing. Like, Amy, I remember you went in a shoe store. (laughs) (laughs) And you told me later that you were like, I asked the guy, you know, do y'all, have you thought about doing this and this with your business? And it was just because you were curious and you were genuinely like, this would be a good business strategy for y'all. And I think you did that a lot with the local coffee shop. And um, I can think of a few other businesses that you just had good ideas and you shared your ideas for free. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I say this, uh, one of the key things is, you know, there's three or four books that were really like the framework of kind of what I do in businesses now. And I was pretty much taking what I learned from the books and then trying to do it for free on all these companies and really just trying it because I'm like, okay, if this is what I want to do, I have to be able to try it. Um, but yeah, I, I cannot tell you, and I, I can't tell you, my husband can tell you too, just the number of hours of free labor that I gave. <laughs> yeah. Do you, but you learned a lot from it. You don't regret giving away for free before you could actually build your business. No, I think because I say, um, and this is what I tell a lot of people going off to start is you don't really know what your sweet spot is going to be until you start to try it. And I think I see so many new business startups, they get the name, they get their cards, they start, they have everything together And then they haven't really tried it and they start to try it and they start to learn all these new things. And so I think what I really have to tell people and what I had to learn myself too, is when you go to that library and you see that funnel and you throw that quarter in and that quarter goes around and around and around and around, and then it hits that sweet spot and it goes in. I, I tell a lot of people that if you're going on the journey of being an entrepreneur and figuring it out and making a change, you really have to be able to try something here, go here, fail here, do this. And then you talk to your people, research, and you really find your sweet spot. And then you're like, aha, this is what people keep coming to me for. This is where my 10 lies. Um, So I think, yeah, I mean, it takes, I, I think it takes some time and there's a lot of beautiful no's along the way. I think you sit there and say, why was that a no? this should be a yes. And then you look back and you're like, wow, that was such a beautiful no. That's not where I needed to be. That was just part of the journey and part of, you know, one of the pit stops. So yeah, but you have to keep going and it will be frustrating along the way because it took you what, two years of doing this before you finally found your thing. Yeah. I mean, I would say had I done something in my strength sooner, but eight years of just listening to stories, talking to entrepreneurs, emailing people about their processes saying, Hey, I think this would be a shift. So I was always doing that, but yeah, it took the two years. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then, so you found Natasha and she's, she kind of said, let's, let's get you on board. I see something in you. And then I remember when you got your business cards made and (laughs) yeah I think that was really clarifying just to um to say here is the focus I'm gonna own it because I think a lot of times we dream in our heads and we don't dream out loud and so I think actually owning it 
and starting to say that, that that is what I'm doing. It was so scary at first, but it also felt really comfortable. So I think there's that line of owning, you have to be able to own it too, because I think for so long you keep it in your head and you keep it inside. And then once you just start saying that this is what I do and in owning it out loud, it, it makes it more real. So that yeah. made it, that made it more real to me. <laughs> yeah. You, so you, I think what you're saying is you throw it out there, not just to the universe, you know, I want to be a teacher, I want to be a, a baker whatever, but you also start saying it to yourself and maybe to those around you. Um, the example I can think of is when we went to, we went to hear a speaker and there were a lot of ladies standing around and Amy introduced me as <laughs> this is hope. She's a, a speaker and a life coach, which I am not. <laughs> or I guess, I guess that's one of the examples of my mouth sort of fell open and Amy's like, you got to own it. <laughs> yeah. And I think we, I think we don't oftentimes, I think we're, I don't know, we're, we're scared. And also, but we need to have, we need to hear the feedback. And I think when people have these new ideas or are on an adventure, they are so concerned about what others are going to think or what they're going to say, but that's where you get a lot of valuable feedback. You, that's where people say, huh, what are you thinking about doing? That's odd. Or wow, my, you need to talk to so-and-so because I think when you start owning it out loud, it's it, connections start happening. And then you start to continue to, okay, let me talk to this person. Let me connect with this person. Let me hear how they're doing it. Oh, they mentioned this book. So if we're just doing it in our head, I think it's really hard to gain that growth. And I think you need that accountability. So when we did our mastermind, that was really powerful to say, I'm going to take these growth steps and someone's going to hold me accountable because I could write them down, but it was only me saying, well, maybe I'll do it. And I think when you were sharing it out with other people, and then actually people were checking on me, if I made those steps and made those calls that really became real as well. <laughs> yeah. The accountability is definitely huge y'all. So if you don't have an accountability group or partner, I strongly encourage it. Um, I think you even get better results if you pay somebody like a, a coach. And I, I'm not, not just saying that because Amy called me a life coach, but I think if you're in um, like a, a paid mastermind or you have a, a coach or even a therapist that you're paying, I think you're going to, as long as they're holding you accountable, I think you're going to show up more. Yes, definitely. For sure. Um, that, and I think the other thing um, that I was recently at, um, and I've always been strong, but I know my values. And so a lot of times when I ask business owners, define your values or as a person, what are your values? Um, and I was just at April Farlow. She is the owner and founder over Lydia's place, but she did a workshop on your values. And I think it's so important because they really filter out um, whether the, the work you take on, your family, um, what you believe. And so I think knowing also, like I can say my values are, you know, celebration, service, adventure, and passion. So I know that when I'm working with companies who are big on celebrating their employees and culture and an organization that has service involved or my family is big on service and I see business owners that are passionate 
I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be because this job is also, it, it goes hand in hand with my values too, as a person. So I think being able to look at what you value and be strong in that, and then be able to filter out when you see other people doing things like you don't have to go do that as well, because your values are here. And wow, that person over there, you know, one of their core values is this, and that's why they're so strong in it. So I think also knowing your, your core values on where you want to go is important as well. Yeah, that is so important. So take time and sit down, talk to somebody close to you and sort of sort out what your values are so that you can make sure you're in alignment. Because if you're not, whatever you're trying will either fail or it won't bring you joy. Yes. (laughs) Did you have, so you, you seem like you're in a really good place now. Did you go through a period where, did fear play a factor at all? Did you have trouble like taking the step forward and, and sort of owning your new role in this company? Yeah. I mean, I think, yes. And I still, I do still struggle with that. I think, you know, oh, who am I to go in and lead this brainstorm or who am I to go in and be doing the work that I do or wow, they called me to come back and continue. So I think that still gets in the way, but Also, that's where having those mentors around me and being involved in the networking and going to business conferences and studying these leaders, that has helped me to get over some of that. Um, But it's, I feel like it's still a daily battle because you kind of switch an identity a little bit. Uh, You know, you have to say, this is not what I'm doing, but this is what I'm doing now. And I think that it's still a little challenging, but um, I lo- I've, I've learned to lean into failure because I think oftentimes we feel like we can never fail. It looks so bad. It just, how are you going to say that? And at this point, I have to just own the failure and lean into it and love it and learn from it and just keep going. Because I, I feel like at first it used to get me down, like, wow, that was a no oh my gosh, I'm destroyed for life. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to do that again. And now I'm like, well, that was a no. Let's see how we can do something next. And and I do see now it's like those beautiful no's of, well, that was a no because I really wasn't ready yet. And, or that was a no because I still needed more work and growth in this area. But I think at first you get those first couple no's and they, you just think you're down the wrong path and you think you can, uh, it everyone's watching and, and really there's not a lot of people that really care per se. It's more yeah. like you're caring so much about it. Yeah. <laughs> it can feel so crushing. And then, like you said, you feel like everybody quote unquote, everybody's watching, but um, Martha Beck in her book, finding your North star, she says, I want you to write down who everybody is like, write down a list of who would really care if you, you know, fail. And so when we make the list, she said, it's usually about three people. It's usually like our mother, (laughs) maybe a sister, you know, it's usually like three to five people. So it's not everybody. If somebody does hear that, you know, Amy tried this and it totally flopped, like they may say, oh, but then 30 seconds later, they're onto something else. Yeah. And that's so true. I think yeah, you feel like you're on the middle of a stage when you fail. And then 
now I'm like, oh, this, my response is like, well, this is going to be a great story. This yeah. <laughs> is a great example. Um, and so I try to reframe it. Um, it, you know, and even with my kids, it's like, sometimes they're like, oh, I failed. And I'm like, you are going to have a million failures. So you just got to get used to it and lean into them and love on failure. And maybe that's not the case for everyone, but I think we term failure when we give it a bad word, but it really, it's just part of that journey. And it's not like everything is going to be a yes all the time too. And I have to look at it and say, is this Amy's plan or is this God's plan? And I think a lot of times I'm trying to work in Amy's plan and also not follow. So that I need that check oftentimes. <laughs> yeah. Cause you'll find if you're forcing something, you know, and it's your plan and not, you know, God's plan, it, it's not going to work out as well. If you just, I've done that before where I just push and push and I want to do this. And <laughs> so do you have a practice of, do you get, do you meditate? Do you do yoga? How do you kind of get quiet and listen? Um, so I would say I trail run. Yeah. Um, I do some cardio. Um, I do a lot. I feel like podcasting, um, quiet prayer time that helps me and trying to think what else I feel like for me, I try once a week to have someone on my calendar, to hear a story, to learn from someone, to cold call a few companies. Um, so I, I feel like that growth piece for me helps me understand that it doesn't just fall on your lap. And yeah. so I think for me, it's really been able me not doing as much talking, but doing more listening and more learning. Yes. And I think also you are good about surrounding yourself with um, high achievers and peak performers. And you're always like, hey, this person's given a talk or here's a Zoom link for this, you know, webinar. And it, that's good. I mean, you're constantly in a state of growth. So yes, I would say, I would say for sure. I, I love that. Um, it brings me a lot of joy to hear how people got to where they're at. Um, and I think just working with a lot of new business owners, um, they see a lot of times the astronaut sitting in the cockpit ready for takeoff. And I have to say, like, do you realize how much like blood, sweat, tears, yeah. training, gear, learning, failure, no went into that moment to sit there. And so I think it, seeing some of those examples and listening to those stories, it kind of gives me more perspective because as a high achiever myself, I feel like it should just happen overnight and it, I should be able to be right there on stage, given the business talk, or I should be able to be right there. And I feel like that's not the case. Like you have to it takes a while and you have to work up to that and you have to grow and you have to be in your focus. And I think my husband, he's a really good reminder of that. I have a great example at home. He's an accounting professor. He studies so much in his field. He stays in one area. He's an expert. He's so focused and he never loses that focus. And I think for me, I can lose that focus, but I'm really starting to try to now that I know where my focus is at to stay in my lane. And I, yeah. Oh, that's so good. 
I love this. So where can our listeners find you? Do you have like Instagram or? <laughs> well, um, lionleadership.com is my, is the website. Uh, we do have an Instagram. I, I think I'm on Instagram, Amy underscore two soccer. And then I do have a fresh family cooking Instagram as well. Oh yeah. We didn't even get into your whole cooking thing, but yeah, if y'all love to have quick family uh, cooking tips and Amy is so good at that. So where can they find that? The fresh family, fresh family cooking on Instagram. Okay. All right. That's just a side, another side little project, but I remember I'm trying to focus. So Uh Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for joining us today. Anything else you want to say to our listeners? I think that's all. It's just write down your path and kind of look at those moments that really shines and stood out for you. And then look at your strengths and kind of see what has really stood out to you in your journey so far and where your strengths lie right now. And just see how they overlap and, and really talk to your close circle. Because I think a lot of times your family and friends that know you best are giving you advice and you're just ignoring it. So listening to people that really know you. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'll leave it. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast, Recharting Your Life with Hope. Everything I discuss in this show reflects my own views and opinions and not those of my employer. Although I'm a physician assistant in my real life, any advice or tips you hear on this show should not be used as medical advice. If you like what you hear, come on over to HopeThePA.com or follow me on Instagram at HopeThePA.com.